1: Welcome back to another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer with Kramer Investment Services. If you'd like to hear more information about what we talk about today, for callers in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva phone number is 262 729 4128. For callers in Illinois, our McHenry office number is 815 331 8096. Feel free to reach out to us on our website at www. Dot Kramerinvestmentservices.com spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. And while on our website, you can view the past couple of podcast shows that we've done by clicking on the Media Library and Radio tabs. And also for subscribers to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you can view all of our past shows. Reach out to us if you have any questions. We are here to help. Our topic today is going to be about safe money investing options for 2022. You know, we've had a good year in the stock market this year. Um, a lot of people are looking for other areas of where they can park some of those profits or other people may be looking to kind of look more towards a um, a blend of money that's in the market, money that's in safety. Where can we find some returns in a otherwise um, pretty high inflationary world that we're in right now? So it's putting a lot right. of pressure on safety here. So we're going to talk about that today. But before we get into this topic, I want to introduce you to my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today?
0: Oh, Jim, I am great. I've had a good week. Uh, I'm really excited. I finally got all my Christmas shopping done. Uh, the wife and I finished that up this weekend, and uh, fortunately for me, she wraps the gifts because I'm horrible at it, and uh, I don't like to do it, so Same that here. was good. That was good. Um, but the problem comes when it comes to her gift that I have, that I give her that I have to wrap it, but usually that's where gift bags or having it wrapped at the store comes into play, right? You already bought it for her? Yep. Yep. In fact, one of her big gifts this year was a, a TV stand that has a little kind of fake fireplace in it, and these oh, nice. barn looking slide slider doors on our. It's a thing to put our TV on in our living room, and I already assembled it and set it up so she can enjoy it. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a couple other surprises, of course. You've Got to give her something to open on Christmas, right?
1: So you you kind of know exactly what she wants, or is this just a surprise?
0: Uh, I you know she's really hard. My wife's hard to shop for. Uh, she'll tell you she's not, but that's that's it. That's the difference. Uh, she'll be listening to the show. I'll be hearing about this. But yes, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's a total surprise. She doesn't know it. Okay. okay. How about you? What do you, you do? You know, for
1: um, I have just done gift cards so far, but um, sure for. So I, I I think I've told you before, but I'm divorced. I have a girlfriend. I have yep. not gotten her anything yet because I don't know what to do. And I've been really busy. <laughs> and so I'm terrible. at I, yeah. I'm really a, a procrastinator when it comes to this sort of thing. And I've been told this year because of the dreaded supply chain that, um, you know, uh, goods and services aren't quite as available. So I nope, should be getting there. should not. be on this more. But Tony, yeah, I well, you been.
0: should have had it by now. Yeah, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. The supply chain issues are a problem. And our listeners uh, uh, might not know this. I think we've said it before, but end of year is a busy time for financial services. Yes, it is. Thank like you. That's yourself. my excuse, so, Tony. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. stick to
1: that. Yeah, yeah. we're doing well, a lot true. with yeah. uh, required minimum distributions with... Roth IRA conversions. You and I have talked for about this purposes. before. Exactly. Yep. There's a lot and of year-end meetings. I
0: know every year you have some clients that uh, th- this is the year they pull the trigger for retirement. So that's always people looking to retire in the in the coming year. Yeah, it's so a busy time
1: of the year. This is yeah. I I do enjoy this, and, and you know, leading up to the Christmas season, it's always a lot of fun for me. Um, so yeah, I've I've been enjoying this. I had a great weekend. Lots of, th- lots of, you know, there was not too much that I could actually sit down and relax, but it was a, it was oh. good busy. So yeah, I, I really good. did like that.
0: So, well, as long as you feel a sense of accomplishment, that's, that's what counts. Actually, hey, I got things done, I got right? I actually got so, a lot
1: done this weekend, but yeah. not everything. And that includes the Christmas well, shopping. So I got to get well, on
0: speaking, that. Speaking of shopping and getting things done, uh, that leads us to money and finance. And you said you wanted to, you said we're talking about safe money investment options or investment options that are lower risk. Yes. uh, Because everywhere you put your money, you want to make sure it's working for you or what it's doing and where it's at. uh, And there are varied levels of risk. Usually there's always some type of risk, but there are some things where there's more safety or even principal protection. So where do you want to start this uh,
1: discussion? So there's going to be a number of safe money options that we can talk about. But before we go into them, what I want to do is kind of give the viewers a breakdown of how did investments perform so far in 2021. Now we're not fully done with the year, but we're, we're about midway through December. So I just want to give uh, the listeners here just an idea of what has done well And what could we perhaps look to do considering that? Stocks have done incredibly well, again, in 2021. The S&P 500, which is our main benchmark we look to in the United States, is up 25% year-to-date. The Dow Jones is up 21%. And the NASDAQ is up 26% this year. So the stocks in the United States have done incredibly well. Some of the foreign stocks uh, have done well also. In Europe, we're seeing stocks up about 11% year to date, which has been a good year over the last decade for European stocks, while the Asian market's down about 10% year to date. So obviously with COVID, um, with everything that's been going on over there, that has definitely not been a good place for a lot of investors to be. So if you're in emerging market, funds, which typically China will be involved with, probably did not have the best of year. Then we get into the bond market, the Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index, which is our chief uh, uh, index for the bond market, which measures mostly corporate bonds. That's down about 1% year-to-date, actually closer to 2% year-to-date. And then we look at some other types of of bonds, like uh, municipal bonds, Uh, up about 1.4% year-to-date as measured by the Bloomberg Municipal Bond Index. And then this other investment, TIPS, Treasury Inflationary Protected Securities, which are government-issued, and the returns are really based on inflation, but not necessarily getting all of inflation's return. Uh, Right now, inflation, according to the government, is at around 6.8% year-over-year. Uh, Right now, year to date, the Bloomberg U.S. Treasury Tips Index, which measures all of the various tips funds that have come out during the course of the year, up about 5% year to date. So for bond investors right now, tips are really where it's at. And in addition to that, there's another government bond, which we're going to talk about later, is a good uh, option for investors that have some money sitting around the bank account that they're not planning on using within the next 12 months that we can talk about. So we're going to go over bonds, treasury bonds, fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities, variable annuities, cash value, life insurance. And where do, where do we go with our hard-earned dollars? Do we throw it all into the stock market based on the information I just went over? Or should we kind of spread spread some of this around? because of a variety of reasons. Sure.
0: Well, yeah, I I think spread it around maybe. Uh, But yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned bonds and they've been terrible. They have not been good. I mean, yeah, I mean, just uh, no good. No. So uh, uh, where do we go from here?
1: So in the bond market, obviously a lot of bond investors have been disappointed over the past decade. We've seen corporate bonds. Now you get a coupon rate. And that coupon yep. rate typically comes out every quarter. Um, it can be a pretty decent interest rate so long as you hold on to the bond for the full term. But there's a market value adjustment that occurs with these bonds. So if we're going to go into a higher interest rate period of time, typically we'll see the current bond that you're holding be worth less. Um, and over time, that that value, of uh, the market value could be uh, worth less than any interest rate that you're drawing off of that bond. And it could also work vice versa, where the you're not just getting the coupon rate, but the market value is improving. And so you could end up doing pretty well in a bond. Typically not as, as uh, dramatic as stocks, where the up and down movement of stocks go up and down a lot more. A lot of investors will hold bonds as a hedge against inflation. So they're not wanting to take on a lot of risk. But our objective should be to at least get the inflation's return. But through the last 12 months, especially, you're not even coming close to it. In fact, you're losing money in the corporate bond Mm. market. Wow! Um, But there's many reasons why you want to hold some of that as a part of an overall financial plan. Like if your risk tolerance says that you shouldn't have all your money into the stock market, well, that's an area where you can put that money aside. It's available to you when you need it. Um, but it typically will not be a high-earning investment. If we look at it over the last 10 years, uh, bonds in general have grown by about 3%, which has met inflation's return over the last decade, but certainly not anywhere as near as good as the stock market, say the S&P 500, which has averaged 16% per year over the last 10 years.
0: Well, wow. So I I understand that a lot of people... uh, don't grasp when they hear things like uh, diversified portfolio. They think, "Oh, I'm in uh, some stocks that are more conservative, and I'm in some more risky stocks." That's their extent of their view of yes. risk, right? Well, and, 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 see, and they don't realize well all their money is at risk. That's right. And even in bonds, it's somewhat at risk. So you know, true safety, you could go to the other end of the spectrum and put it all under your mattress, but it's not safe there either, is it?
1: Oh, but actually you made a really good point about the stock market. Some people think, well, I'll just go into some more blue chip stocks and that's, that's going to be safe. Um, but maybe not, you know, if you have a long time, if you have a long time on your hands before you need this money, if you're in a lot of A rated blue chip stocks, you're probably going to be fine. These are companies that tend to weather recessions. They're going to be around. But I can tell you, looking Mm -hmm. back through 2008, even like the AT&T stocks, the Coca-Cola stocks, they all dropped close to 40% in 2008. Those safe stocks will still lose significant amount of value over time.
0: 40% at that point. Exactly. And if you're
1: in the distribution phase while you're owning these stocks and you're pulling money out, you're never going to get that money back up to where it was Mm -hmm. before, even though... These companies are around. They're going to be around. Um, You could put yourself in a significant amount of hurt if we go through a downturn similar to 2008 while you're holding those stocks. So the whole premise of looking for safer options, and I do not put blue chip stocks in the safety realm, is because of that very thing. Even though they're safe relative to other types of stocks, you can still get burned in those types of investments. Whereas bonds... And worse in 2008, although you've only averaged about 3% per year in the, in the corporate bond world, um, the, the worst was in the 2008, it dropped 7%. So nothing to the oh. degree of drama that you would have even with a good blue-chip yeah. stock portfolio.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, well, uh, yeah, I think that's a great point because there are varied levels of risk. But you know, in the blue chip stock, I always think when you say people are like, "Well, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm conservative. I'm not taking risk. I've got blue chip stock." But at one point in time, Kodak and Sears were blue chip stock. That's true. So. That's a great example. How much Tony. are they worth today? It, oh, wait. Yes, <laughs> they don't Sears, exist. JCPenney's. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, the Kodak Corporation. Even IBM had its day. You know, I mean, uh, you know, things happen. Uh, life happens. So life happens. things change, but. There are ways to secure your money and have a good balance of actual, uh, you know, more less risk investments versus high risk investments, and and everything in between. There are both ends of the spectrum. That's right. I take. So, and
1: in, in, so, I'm going to go over where's the best place eventually to be with some of your safety money, um, sure. but I'm just kind of giving people, at least at this point, some ideas and. There's nothing wrong with having some of your money in corporate bonds as a mix overall based on your liquidity needs. I think uh, certainly if you need to pull some money out, if we're looking for a temporary hedge for whatever reason, corporate bonds are not a bad place to be. Um, A lot of people have looked to treasury bonds. Um, As you know, the the, uh, U.S. government is ringing up debt at this point in time. So Obviously, people are buying corporate bonds because there's a lot that's available at this point in time. Um, but the interest rate on treasury bonds are incredibly low. Uh, you can buy a 30-year, you can literally lock up your money for 30 years on a treasury bond. And the return each year on that investment is 1.77%. Now, you can get out of those treasury bonds based on the market value. So if we know that interest rates are going to rise over time, Uh, You might be in a a situation where this doesn't look so attractive. If interest rates are going to go down, you might be able to to pull out and get more than what you initially deposited back from that investment. The 10-year is at 1.43%. The five-year is at 1.15%. And a one-year Treasury bond is at 0.25% per year. None of that is anywhere near close to inflation these days. So by investing in these even though it's government backed it's safe uh you're you're l- literally losing money. The surest way to lose money is in a safe asset like that. So the big problem with safety money today Tony is because we're in such an interest starved world uh yeah. including the United States is is um that's one of the surest ways to lose money. Keeping too much money at the bank, putting money into something like treasury bonds at this point in time. Uh it's not a, a good way in which to get uh, return on your investment. however, there is a government-backed bond that's out there we call it the Series I savings bond. you can put into this as much as uh, ten thousand dollars a year if you d- if you purchase this electronically uh, up to ten thousand hmm. dollars per year and they will give you an annual return on your investment of 7.12 percent. you can only buy one bond, Um, at that rate. And it is good through April 2022. So if you've got some additional money laying around, you're not really wanting to take on some risk. That's a decent rate of return. It's locked in uh, for those investors. After one year, you can start to pull that money out. You can hold that money upwards of 30 years uh, for that investment. I mean, that is not a bad idea but this is only for investors that do it from now through April of 2022. Uh just want to let the people know that there is a investment out there that's safe. You don't you can't put a lot of money into it up to $10,000, but boy that's at least recouping inflation's return.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's that's good to know and it's good to understand these things. So uh, you know, in the low in the interest rate environment we've been in and with the economy and everything uh, the way it's been, uh, you know, bonds have been terrible, uh, but uh, they are somewhat safer than um, stocks. But, right. you know, bonds just aren't, aren't good. So then there are other tools out there and vehicles that can be used. That's right. So and that And that's good to know.
1: So that's where we get into annuities and annuities are paying higher rates of return. Um, there's the good and the bad that comes with annuities. Fixed annuities will typically pay higher than a CD rate. CDs right now. I don't know, Tony, what are what are CDs paying that you see out there?
0: Ah, uh, like
1: one percent. Yeah, maybe you can find a two percenter out there if you try hard enough.
0: Yeah, one to two, one to two. All right, yeah. but
1: that you have to lock it up for a longer period of time. there's there's yep. five year uh, rate annuities that kind of mirror CDs in the respect, um, it matures after a period of time, like if, if three, four, five year uh, period of time, you will get a higher rate of return. Like right now for uh, a good uh, annuity company that's highly rated, we're not quite at the 3% range. Interest rates have dropped, but you're almost at 3% per year. And if you're in a high uh, income tax bracket, one of the advantages of An annuity, if it's money that's held outside of an IRA, is tax deferral. Unlike a CD that does have 1099 interest, that interest, although, of course, you're not making that much money on it, it does get considered as a part of your income for retirement. It affects your Social Security taxes. Well, that's where annuities could be a good tool for somebody that's in a high tax bracket is you don't have to report that on your income tax and you get the actual rate that they say that you're going to get on there. Um, that could be a useful tool for somebody that doesn't want to take risk, who wants to know exactly what they're going to make every year. There's plenty of people like that, If you're especially if you're used to CDs. Um, you want to know precisely how much you make every year. Well, a lot of those investors are not being given the rates of returns of people that have sort of an unknown or fluctuating rate that we're going to talk about in, in a second. But fixed rates at least are going to do better and typically what you're getting in the bond market these days, um, you're going to do better than money held at a bank. Um, it's the same degree of safety as what you have with a, um, a CD in that the CDs are FDIC insured. The annuities are state insured. And each state has a different amount of how much they will insure. Like in Minnesota, where you're at, uh, Tony, you big Vikings fan, Um, there's about 250,000 that they will insure at state of Illinois, which is one of my states I do a lot of business in, uh, 250,000. And you were saying some lovely things about Wisconsin earlier today before our show started, Tony. Um, They will insure up to 300,000 for investors of these types of accounts. So you do have a lot of safety that's built into those types of products. Um, Again, you're not going to get rich with a fixed annuity, but if you're looking to park your money, you don't need it for a couple of years and don't want to take risk with that money. That's not a bad option for people.
0: Right. Well, and that's, yeah, that is, that's really good. And that is a good option. And you you have to think about these things. And I really am glad you're explaining this because uh, I'm learning a lot here too. So uh, there are annuities. And I think annuities, there are a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings out there, myths, because they've changed a lot over the years. And there are a lot of different kinds. People can get themselves into a bad annuity contract with a company uh, if uh, they don't have a trusted financial services professional like yourself right. to say, hey, no, you don't need an annuity or you should get an annuity. It might help you, but you don't want that type of annuity. So. I think that, uh, yes, I I agree,
1: Tony. And there's a lot of people that have, you know, been told from a neighbor, been told by their parents, you know, there's been experiences at times where it hasn't been good. There's been experiences where people say, hey, I heard they were good. It's all over the board. Um, I'm going to get into that because there's some myths about annuities. There's some misunderstandings, but there are some reasons why those myths exist, And those are going to be discussed here. But I just, at least at this point, want to go over the different types of annuities that exist. One is a fixed annuity. It's not a pension. A lot of people uh, misunderstand that an an annuity is always a pension. You know, like the company uh, where they worked at, a pension is an annuity. It is. It's a different form of annuity um, that is completely separate from a fixed annuity or a deferred fixed annuity where you're just using it as a regular investment type of an account. And then there's also a deferred fixed indexed annuity which has been incredibly successful
0: over the last few years. And yeah, the, that's the one I hear good things about, the fixed indexed annuity. And
1: there's good there's good fixed indexed annuities out there and there's some that are bad, Tony. It's all over the board just like a particular bond that you might buy. You might buy a, a good bond, you might buy a bad bond. Bad there's good stocks, there's bad stocks. Well, the same rule applies with annuities. There's some good ones, there's some bad ones. Uh, Some of the companies that I work with, A-rated, they come up with some very good products where, I'll give you an example. Um, A couple of my clients of recent, they're getting returns of about 20% on a two-year linked investment. So over a two-year period of time, they just got a return just very recently of about 20%. that's only because the market's been up. So with a fixed indexed annuity, you benefit from the returns of the market. You are not going to. You will not do as well as the typical investor that's investing in the market over that same period of time. But unlike those investors that are getting those higher rates of return, you don't suffer the losses that they may incur if the market goes down, especially if it goes down very hard, similar to a 2008 So as you're older, when we start looking more strongly at your risk tolerance and we want to make sure we have some money off to the side that's in safety and you're looking to at least get inflation's return or hopefully better than that, one of the best ways to achieve that is through a fixed indexed annuity where returns can be very, very good. Um, There's another component with a fixed indexed annuity, which I'll go over in a second here, Uh, but there's so many different types of annuities I at least want to cover uh, two more types of annuities here. We have variable annuities where you can do even better than a fixed index annuity if the market's up. But under a variable annuity, you can actually lose money. You can literally walk out the door at, even after you've met what we call a surrender charge period with less than what you put into it because it's based purely upon the market performance of the funds or the essentially they call it mutual funds. Not really. They're called subaccounts that you invest in. But they offer insurance protections like in a fixed indexed annuity and a variable annuity. You can make sure you get, if you wanted to, a guaranteed death benefit. That could be at least the initial deposit that you put into it in case the market doesn't perform well. Usually they'll provide a guaranteed minimum growth to this. So if you never need this money, if you just want to use this money and have it go to your, let's say your children or a loved one. Or to a charity, they'll guarantee a fixed rate that's typically higher than what you would ever get at the banks. Also, an income for life benefit, which is another important feature of annuities. We talk about pensions with lifetime income that you can draw off of it. Well, you can do this off of a regular uh, deferred fixed, deferred fixed indexed annuity or a variable annuity where you can take money and take it as long as you live. And if you end up living a long time, you might end up outliving that money in the account. Well, as long as you choose the guaranteed income for life option, they'll keep paying that money to you even though there's nothing left in the account. And some of these annuities, some of them that I work with have an inflationary buildup mechanism where every year there's a either an investment gain or if we base it on the consumer price index, that income is going to continuously grow over time to a fairly sizable amount. So if social security... Uh, has a reduction in benefits because of its problems or inflation gets out of control, you got a really good backup plan that can help you through life. And these annuities can do so many different things. That's where people get a little intimidated. It's in co- it's complicated. Um, and sometimes you do have, and this is where the biggest issue comes into play, you have a, a sales representative who represents annuities. They do a lot of seminars and they make annuities sound terrific. They'll sell an annuity to everybody and anybody, and not necessarily as a part of an overall financial plan. And sometimes it'll be sold to the the wrong individual who wasn't really looking for a safety hedge. They were kind of attracted to the indexed annuity or variable annuity because they felt that they would be given guarantees. Uh, Maybe the guarantees were sold too much, that what was really going to happen throughout the life of that contract. And so therefore, they look at the annuity as a bad thing. Whereas it was really not the annuity that was a bad thing. It was the sales representative who misrepresented it. And that happens a lot in this industry. And it is a shame because I think if annuities are done properly, there's a lot more people that should have them. And they could help fit as a part of an overall financial plan for people, especially for your safety money. You're looking for a safe hedge because of what could go wrong. Uh, that is one of your best ways of which to grow your money in an otherwise turbulent world, low interest rate world. Your fixed indexed annuity, variable annuities even, can offer certain insurance guarantees that you typically don't get on the marketplace, which I think are, are pretty doggone attractive.
0: Well, yeah, and that's that's true. I mean, you have to be careful, though. I know a lot of the negative th- uh, comments you hear about annuities are from people who probably just uh, they don't really understand what the current and modern annuities look like and how they work and haven't been properly explained. but there are annuities like variable annuities to me uh, fit the bill of some of the complaints people have. So you have to be careful of what annuity you get into, but it's again, it's based on your personal situation. Everybody's different and what I like about your take, Jim, is that you always look out for your client's best interest and what's going to suit their needs the best and fit their needs the best, right? That's right. And
1: and just on that that footing here, variable annuities, if it's done right, can be a good thing. I I don't shy away from them. Although I do point out that there are certain risks involved in variable annuities that often are not mentioned. Uh, When I have people come from seminars, they're sold that, hey, I'm going to be given at least a guaranteed 6% per year on my investment. And I often have to educate them that, no, that's not the case at all. It's a withdrawal benefit that you'll be given a 6% rate of return on. And you can't take that whole, what they call a withdrawal value and take it out the door, You know, move it to something else similar to like a CD. They're offering that 6% because they want you to be in that plan for the in- indefinitely. Um, and so there's a lot of education mm. that has to go into this. But if if it's sold right, if it's used in the right purpose, fixed index annuities have a, a very good value to them, although there are certain plans I would not recommend. Same thing with sure. variable annuities. Same thing with fixed annuities. If, if somebody's really comfortable with CDs, they like CDs, fixed annuities can be a good alternative. It's this, pretty much the same look alike to a sure. CD. But if somebody's open to the unknown a little bit, a fixed annuity, you can, you're can you going to do no worse than 0%. And you can do better. I mean, you're not going to get rich with a fixed indexed annuity. You can do better even in a variable annuity, but you can also do worse where there's risk of loss involved. So people have to understand the differences. And then it gets to, you know, with the older generation annuities, they weren't quite as attractive as they are today. There's more annuity companies out there offering uh, annuities than ever before. And a lot of people look at them as, uh, hey, if I pass away, uh, my heirs, my children, my, my wife or my spouse get absolutely nothing. And that may have existed before in the past. There was some really bad old uh, insurance contracts out there. Totally different marketplace today. So a lot of times when people hear this, especially from a parent, you have to kind of re-educate them on this. And it's a process. It, just because it's a little more complicated animal in the investment world doesn't mean it's a bad thing.
0: Yeah, it's true. Well, you know what? We've got to wrap up the show. Is there anything else you want to add before we go?
1: No, just if anybody has any questions, especially on a topic such as annuities, uh, feel free to give our offices a call. If you're in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva number is 262-729-4128. If you're in Illinois, our McHenry number is 815 815- Three three one eight zero nine six. Feel free, free to call. We can set up a one on one meeting. If you just want to do a meeting from home, we we can do a Zoom meeting. Um, we're just here to help. So feel free to give us a call, and we can have a, a nice discussion.
0: All right, sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk with our host Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at kramerfinancialtalk.com.